it must have happened. I don't know. Like you were the first person that made me realize it. Like he's the, literally like, wait, hold on. I had no idea. It's so so um, funny. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, Man, welcome to the intro. No need for introductions. All about the world and the world what we discussing. Where every single thought that we had came for something. So it's funny that we made it when we started here with nothing. Gotta open up your mind just to find out why. When you lost inside the dark, just gotta turn on the light. And no matter what you do, you never run from a fight. Because we fighting to be better and that's why we strive. Hi, I'm Corey McCain. CEO of WeStrive, the number one platform for personal trainers, gym owners, and coaches to both manage and scale their business. I'm your host for Why We Strive, where every Tuesday I sit down with some of the most incredible tech founders, investors, and creatives to find out how, when, where, and why they strive. Be sure you tune in every single Tuesday and check us out at whywestrive.com for more info. Now, let's get to this week's episode. All right, we are here with Michael Mera. Uh, you've raised millions of dollars. You have a five-star app for entrepreneurs. And last but not least, uh, you guys are rapidly expanding. So if you want to introduce yourself really quick, we'll kind of go from there. Fantastic. We're actually at 4.8. So I'm, I'm trying, oh. to get, trying to get up to... All right, we're going to have to cancel this interview. <laughs> trying to get up to full five, but you know, you can, you know, you know, you you know how it is. You can reset it, right? I don't know if I want to reset it. I feel like 4.8 is all right. We have like 200 reviews oh, that is in the tough. app store. Yeah. So it's like... Because what my competitors used to do is they would literally, it was so annoying to watch as I was trying to grow, is they would have like 2,000 reviews and it would be like a 2.7 and then the next week they'd have a 5 and I'm like, come on. Yeah, that's, that, that's just not fair. Yeah. I think a lot of people game it. We've just yeah kept it organic. I'll leave you a review um, after this, dude. Appreciate it. There you go. But um, yeah, so Michael Mara, uh, originally from Pittsburgh, went to University of Dayton, studied civil engineering. Mm-hmm. And uh, which has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. So, um, amen. Yeah, it was one of those things. You know, college experience uh, was was great for what it was. Um, I'm glad I did engineering though, because I learned how to problem solve, which was like really helpful. I think as an entrepreneur, Um, graduated, got a job back in Pittsburgh. Did that for like six months, and I was like, I can't handle this corporate lifestyle. So, what was what was the job? A civil engineer for a, uh, it was like a oil and gas. So it wasn't an oil and gas company. We designed well pads for them. So to make sure that they were environmentally sound. Okay. Because uh, when you do new construction and especially well pads or any concrete, there's a ton of runoff from rainwater that affects a lot of neighboring towns and roads. Okay. Yeah. Well, good, good, good to know, dude. So... It was pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I honestly spaced out while you were describing what it was. So yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, <laughs> and so now we're working on Entra, though. And so Entra is yeah. actually, well, there's a couple of parts to it because it's what it started off as target market-wise and then now yep. what it is. So um, yeah. how, how do you want to cover that? Yeah, so, I mean, it started from me just wanting to meet other entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't, I left civil engineering, got into real estate a little bit. Um, and that's where I, where I spent some time in Miami, but I didn't know any entrepreneurs. Like mm-hmm. I was never in tech, didn't go to a school for tech, never worked at a startup. Mm-hmm. None of my friends or family were in tech or in startups or any of that. Same, same. <laughs> so I was just, you know, a dude from Pittsburgh that was trying to meet other mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and figure out how the heck to like build an app and like grow a company. Mm-hmm. So... I just kind of started this Facebook group and Instagram page back in 2017 called Millennial Entrepreneur Group. Dude, I had a group called Entrepreneurs of LA on yeah, Facebook. So, yours, yours went way better than mine did, clearly. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was a terrible name. Uh, we called it Me Group and for short. <laughs> nice. And I started doing some events in Pittsburgh from that and mainly partnered with co-working spaces Mm -hmm. uh so that worked out really well and then we kind of took it from one co-working space to a few others in pittsburgh and then wait how's the pittsburgh uh tech scene not great i never i I don't know a single person ever brought that no it's not great yeah that's why i'm here um in austin um but that i mean i spent a lot of time in mainly new york at the beginning but I mean, Pittsburgh, it is what it is. Like, it's a smaller city. It's not the worst city mm-hmm. for tech. 
uh, but it's primarily dominated by Carnegie Mellon. So if you're not in the Carnegie Mellon clique, I, I know what that means. That's Carnegie like, Mellon University is like hmm. one of the top schools for like tech, computer science. Hmm, it's gotcha. like up there with like Harvard and Stanford and hmm, all gotcha. of those. So um, there's a lot of people, a lot of smart people go there hmm. from all over the country and all over the world, honestly. Um, and if you're not in that, uh, if you haven't gone to that school or not in that network, it's pretty difficult to raise raise money for uh, for startups. Okay. Uh, they have a, Carnegie Mellon has a campus in uh, Palo Alto, uh, in Silicon Damn. Valley. So they have a ton of connections out there. Damn. Uh, the Duolingo founders went there. There's a ton of I mean Google and Uber basically just take graduates. <laughs> from their AI program like every year. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, it's it's highly technical school that controls a lot of the funding and startup ecosystem in Pittsburgh. Good to know. That's why I love having this podcast. <laughs> I know I know so much random shit that like doesn't doesn't probably really matter that much, but like uh, yeah. did you know about Carnegie Mellon? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's wild. It's like a low key like it's kind of like a mafia. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know, dude. All right, so you're in Pittsburgh hosting these co working events and then what what happens? Yeah, it uh, it basically went from we started doing them at Spaces, which is uh, part of IWG, which is the same company that owns Regis, and they're a huge real estate conglomerate. Mm. They were basically WeWork's biggest comp- competitor, mm-hmm. and they were already a publicly traded company when WeWork was going through their IPO whole thing. Gotcha. And WeWork had um, basically like half their revenue, but was trying to go public at like. 10 times their valuation. So um, that's kind of what led to a lot of the WeWork downfall. But started doing events with them. They introduced me to their offices in New York. Mm. So I went to New York, didn't know anyone, started doing events at their office there. And that's when things kind of took off. I met a ton of partners. I met one of my, uh, our head of events who had a part, who had a connect at Microsoft and then, We started doing events at Microsoft in at their headquarters in Times Square, and that's like when things started really, you know, blowing up and going good. And we started doing bigger events, and then we were able to make some money to start building out the app, which yeah. like led to everything else. Very cool, dude. All right, so what is Entra then? So Entra started basically as the it was the same company as Millennial Entrepreneur Group. I just like. Change the name. Why did you change it. the name, dude? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're yeah. There's a whole whole story behind that, but we rebranded uh, from Me Group to Entra in 2019, mm-hmm. and started building out the app. Uh, raised uh, some money from investors to basically build out the social network for entrepreneurs. Okay. And you know, now fast forward a, a few years. Uh, what we've realized was that entrepreneurs need a lot more things than just meeting other entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So they need uh, a team, they need developers, they need you know other people, product co-founders. people, co-founders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they also need investors and and just like industry experts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also need other things on top of that. They need ways of getting out there, building community, doing events. They need software and services. So they need all of these other things. They don't just need to meet other entrepreneurs. And um, honestly, when you reach a certain level as an entrepreneur, you do way less networking than you do when you're starting out. 100%. So it's kind of like this um, opposite exponential curve where mm-hmm. like when you're starting out, you're, mm-hmm. you're up here mm-hmm. networking, going to every event you can, trying to meet as many people as possible. And then over time, like your time's more valuable. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to waste it going mm-hmm. to events that you don't know who's going to be there. Yeah, like you do valuable networking. Right, which is why like your events are great. Yeah. Like you want to have them more private, mm-hmm. invite only, curated, so you know who you're meeting and you're not just showing up at a random public mm-hmm. yeah, event yeah. that any Joe Schmo is going to be at. Exactly, um, which I do not go to. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I don't go to those anymore <laughs> exactly. either. Yeah. But when I was starting out, those were really valuable, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And like you need those. So there, there needs to be both sides. Mm-hmm. But to build a social network or a big enough platform for 
that is helpful for both entrepreneurs and really everyone else, you need everything else. So when we were, as we were growing, a lot of people that weren't entrepreneurs felt excluded. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm interested in entrepreneurship or like I'm interested in tech, but I'm not an entrepreneur yet. Like, can I still join? Is this something for me? Mm-hmm. And that was never really the goal. The goal was to build this more modern professional network that was focused on helping people in the future of work, meaning how people are going to continue to be working in the future and how people want to really work, Mm -hmm. which is most people would like to, in some ways, if they can work for themselves, they want to work flexibly, remotely, online, and they want to do things that they care about. They Mm want to work for cool, interesting startups. Mm -hmm. They want to work for tech companies. They want to work for Web3 companies. And now a lot of people also want to get paid in crypto too. So um, there's that angle that we've been integrating a lot of Web3 technology too. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say, so I actually, um, I feel like this is similar to, I mean, well, it's only one part of your business, but one part of your business, the whole find another co-founder was similar to an idea that I had. Not necessarily an idea, but there was a website that was doing this years ago that was doing it really poorly about how to find a co-founder. I think it was called Co-Founders Lab. Co-Founders Lab, yeah, 100%. Um, I, think we talk, I think we talked about this actually. They did a, I've talked about this on the podcast many times because they did a really bad, they got a really good job of getting like tens of thousands of amazing founders on there and then they were kind of just like, and right. did nothing. Like there was, it never, they never added another feature. They never sent you emails or updates. Like it was just like dead. Um, so I wanted to create a platform called MVMe, which is just kind of like MVP, but like you find your co-founder, like you get growing. Yep. So it's cool that you guys, that's just one part of your business, but that's cool that you guys are doing that. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, that was something that um, I was very familiar with co-founder side, but it's funny because the previous so there was two previous ceos that i both knew Mm -hmm. of co-founders lab they actually wanted us to like potentially buy them or merge no their their contacts Uh, are so old bro (laughs) their contacts are so it was like i was like (laughs) you guys don't have really any value for us yeah although what they do have that is actually valuable that I do want is they have amazing SEO. Oh, their website. Oh, do you Their SEO yeah. is actually incredible. And I was like, yo, like, let's figure out that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. well, but it's, their, their, their platform's so old. It yeah. wasn't built by, the problem was it was built by older people that mm-hmm. didn't understand what people really wanted. And at the same time, they were trying to monetize it way too quickly and mm-hmm. way too like aggressively. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing, which is why we kind of shifted away from the co-founder thing, because there's a f- there's been several people that have tried to solve this problem. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it is a problem. The problem, though, is that <laughs> <laughs> the problem with the problem is that it's not big enough to actually oh, build sure. a venture backable company behind it. Yeah. You need someone who cares deeply about the problem and is a good product person mm-hmm. who's just like for free. I'm going to build this <laughs> exactly. and have exactly. it and enjoy yourself mm-hmm. and whatever else or figure out a way to monetize it outside of it. Yeah. But you also need that individual to have a ton of credibility in the ecosystem, mm-hmm. meaning like someone like a Andreessen Horowitz or a Y Combinator, Mm -hmm. they should be the ones to drop that app or Mm -hmm. that uh, platform because they have so much credibility behind it and they can get really good people on it that people are going to want to connect. The problem with any other person who doesn't have a good network doing it is all the founders on there, all the developers and business people that come mm. have terrible ideas yeah, <laughs> and no exactly. one wants to actually meet. Exactly. exactly. So yeah. That's also another problem with a lot, like just building a social platform in general is, is very tricky with quality, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you navigate this? How do you make it accessible to mm-hmm. people, but also still have quality yeah. um, where people are going to continue to come back? Well, speaking of speaking of the social network thing, because um, my first app had a social element to it, which wasn't necessary, so we deleted it, and it took me a long time to finally delete it. Once we deleted it, I was like, oh, we did not need this. Um, obviously, you do need your social component, but are there any features that you guys have added that you were kind of on the fence about, or you were kind of like, eh, do we really need to have this? Like, hundred percent. I mean, we had um, so we did a bunch of we did uh, thirteen pitch competitions. Nice. And uh, we'll probably start ramping them up again. Like you hosted them? Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. And we would we did a couple in person, and then we did uh, started doing them virtually. Mm-hmm. 
And what we thought was going to be an interesting idea was to have a pitch feed where people then publicly voted on the pitches that they wanted to see each month. Mm. And then those, the, the top five pitches with the most upvotes each month were the finalists and got the pitch to like VCs and stuff. So the, the tricky part with that was um, that like number one, maybe not the most quality companies were the top five. Just get your boys to upvote. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So, and then you run into issues with like, okay, then it's like the same kind of companies on the feed all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like you need, and then some companies didn't want to be public right? Mm-hmm. They didn't want their pitch going out to everyone. They wanted mm-hmm. it to be kind of relatively private. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a few different issues with it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. We, we had like a pitch feed. Um, so you for, do have that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, okay. we, we had it, we had an applicate, like we had everything built out and three months later we just wiped it out. Doesn't it feel good that it is like, but who were you hesitant on deleting it? Like, cause it's like, no, not really. So it wasn't, it wasn't, at really my idea um, gotcha. <laughs> necessarily so um, well that's, yeah. that's a good transition then so what, is, what, is the, what does the team look like like yeah. if it's not your idea because like I'm, I'm yeah, I, do yeah. the, I, I have a designer I'm the product guy and so it's really rare if a, a feature gets through without with if it's actually no that's not true he has really good ideas but like typically yeah. they stem from here so like do you have 100%. a product or like what, what do you have I mean that was pro- I mean I thought it was a decent idea I thought um it could work because we were already doing the pitch competitions and it was interesting, mm-hmm. especially for like engagement. The main reason that I thought it could potentially work was because having people like send out, the main thing was having people send out their pitch mm-hmm. to get people, their friends and family to upvote them. So then mm-hmm. they would create accounts. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you mean, so similar to like the product hunt viral loop mm-hmm. where yeah. not necessarily viral loop, but every day on product hunt mm-hmm. they get so many new users just because everyone on product hunt is sharing exactly. their link out to get people and you mm-hmm. can't upvote a product unless you have an account exactly yeah. so they grow their email list like mm-hmm. non-stop even though they're not like most of the users aren't going to be monthly active users or anything like that mm-hmm but they're still getting emails and accounts and mm-hmm. they're still getting people into their ecosystem and never heard about them. So I thought that could be interesting. Um, it was just tricky. I think a big component of it was we didn't have enough capital for prize money. So if our prize for the pitch competition was higher, then that could have helped. There's a couple other variables, but yeah, most product things, yeah, I'm very product-oriented like mm-hmm. oriented, okay. uh, founder, so. We just are bringing on our first product person. Oh, cool! So nice. I'm gonna try to take take a step back from it a little I bit. Couldn't, I couldn't imagine, dude. So <laughs> yeah. it's tough. I mean, I'm still gonna have a huge mm-hmm. like impact on it, but I need to focus on like the exactly. business and other things. And yeah, that's my hardest part. The hardest thing I have to do each day is like put Figma away. <laughs> like I, I can just sit there for hundred percent. Um, wait, so what is it? So how big is the team right now? Like, where, yeah. so we have twenty people. Okay. Yeah. What's the like um, remote in person split? What are the rules like? Um, well, I'm the only person here in Austin. Okay. Um, besides uh, Solly, who helps out with content. Who was the guy that helped you with the beer pong tournament? That was Sean. Okay. Sean's in Florida. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So, Sean's in Florida. Um, Ryan helps out part time with content. He's here. We have another person in New York. We have one person in Pittsburgh. We have one person in Charlotte. Um, we have another person in Miami too who helps out part time, and then uh, the rest of the team is mainly in Latin America. So CTOs in Mexico, Monterey. We have Very three cool. developers in Mexico. We have four people in Argentina, one person in Colombia, one person in Venezuela, Damn, um, and then we have four people in Africa as well. So sick, dude. Okay. So, yeah, we're all over the place, man. We're yeah. we're we're truly uh, remote company i think once we raise our series a next year like i want to start building out more of an office here Mm -hmm. in austin and building the team out here because i think there is definitely value in having uh, some level of Mm -hmm. in-person work going on but yeah they were kind of in the same boat because like my whole team is remote too, like ukraine some in south america 
Yeah, at the end of the day, me and you were running these growing companies, and then we're like at Capital Factory by ourselves working. And it's, so there's some days where I'm like, dude, I would be kind of cool to have. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, is you just have to like put the cost. 100%. Like, like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just like, all right, well, I can onboard developers for literally seventh of the cost yeah. of having someone here mm-hmm. sometimes a tenth of the cost it's like well if they're mostly going to be working just at the computer all day anyway if they're getting stuff done and they're productive like why do they need to be here in austin yeah. and um you know i think there's definitely some challenges with it i think uh you know we've lost uh, a couple people because they couldn't handle the remote lifestyle Mm. right and they just like you know they were like i can't i need to like be around some people yeah but for the most part it's um it's worked out great Mm. and i think you need to like understand how to manage remote workers a little bit Mm -hmm. um and also get people who want to do that lifestyle because it's it can be draining for sure sometimes it's exhausting bro i'll I'll go to like three different offices sometimes just like this to coffee shop restaurant i'm just like my mind is like i can't do it yeah (laughs) like i mean it's good to get out for sure because i like today i just worked all day at my apartment Mm -hmm. and like i got a lot done but at the same time I, I mainly stayed because it was raining, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's so nice just going out, mm-hmm. like Capital Factory is great. Like there's, there's a few great spots around Austin, mm-hmm. um, where you can just casually, like you can get work done, but then you can casually talk and meet people, which mm-hmm. is really helpful. And I think that's a huge part of like where, where we eventually want to get to is eventually have in-person spaces as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're building out this virtual platform as a way for you to meet new people, connect, build your teams, build community, do all the things that you need to do for the remote work, um, and virtual work and virtual networking, but then open up physical places. And with your membership, you have access to all of that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like WeWork's real plan that they really wanted to do. Nice. Um, I always thought WeWork was going to be our biggest long-term competitor. And then as soon as the whole fallout happened, uh, yes. I was kind of happy with it. Because <laughs> yeah. they approached it real estate first. Yeah. And then they were trying to build out a digital product and like an app and everything. Mm. And we're approaching it digital first and then real estate later. Oh, very cool, dude. Yeah. Okay, okay. But that's going to that's gonna take some time. That's going to be like series c yeah fair, 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 <laughs> fair, fair, as it should be as it should be yeah wait so let's talk about because when i well not when i first met you actually because i hadn't met you before but like we didn't really start talking until like march april may-ish and yeah, like yeah. at that point you still had your app and everything but you guys were a like web3 you were like web3 so like what yeah, yeah. was the shift and how much is web3 still involved in your platform it, it's definitely still heavily involved i mean we're very mm-hmm pro web three we're just not exclusive to web three um so it's it's one of those things where initially what last year when we started integrating uh our first blockchain and started integrating wallets and some of the first web three stuff we were very um and this was like peak just crypto hype for the most oh, yeah. part you know what i mean it's just like, like doge is going off like right? it's just like everything's going crazy <laughs> yeah, so yeah. everyone's like web3 and money's flying yeah, and yeah. all this stuff's happening and um it's one of those things where as you dive deeper into it you realize that most people don't really care if everything is fully decentralized and everything's on the blockchain and Mm. all this other stuff. The vast majority of people that are in crypto just have some Bitcoin and Ethereum on Coinbase or Robinhood. They bought some Doge or they bought an NFT that their friend told them about. Mm -hmm. And it's just like on their MetaMask. And like, there's not that many people that are like super deep into this. Right. And, uh, but it is growing at the fat it's growing at the fastest rate of adoption for any technology in history at double the speed of the internet grew so it is growing extremely fast mm. and there are millions of people that are using this stuff the thing is with regulation that's coming and policy that's coming 
there's there's not really going to be a way around making things really fully decentralized. It's one of those things where it, it kind of sucks, but for the most part, everyone's going to kind of have to play the game, mm-hmm. which is like, let's use the technology so that we can send money, earn money, we can um, do things on the blockchain, we can get NFTs that give access to certain things that make it easy to join communities, go to events. Let's make it easy to get certificates, credentials, um, proof of attendance protocols. When you attend an event, go automatically goes on your wallet. Mm-hmm. Then on your on your profile on Entra, like you'll be able to display all your NFTs, all the events that you went to, all the certificates that you've gotten, all Very the places cool. you've worked. It's all on your chain. It can you know follow you around anywhere on the blockchain, right? Those things are really cool, mm-hmm. right? And being able to earn crypto and pay people in crypto and make money in crypto, mm-hmm. we're paying six people on our team with with USDC, and it's really valuable because it's the fastest, cheapest, and easiest way to pay people. Very cool. Um, so there's there's a ton of benefits from it. It's just one of those things where it's gonna take a really long time for things to get fully Web three and fully decentralized. And it's fully decentralized means, for the most part, a shittier user experience because the mobile app stores don't mess around with crypto. Yeah, they're they're not going to allow them. you to do crypto transactions. So yeah. it, you're not going to, and nothing's going to have mobile app. It's all going to be Web three, exactly. which is not a great user experience for people. You think like there'll be like a new app store that comes out, like? Um, there's a lot of people working on stuff like that. Um, obviously, Jack Dorsey with Blue Sky and his whole Web5 thing is they're, they're trying to build out this new kind of internet, basically, mm-hmm. um, and apps and everything that's kind of built on this. And he's heavily Bitcoin. Um, you know, he, he, he loves Bitcoin. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of great things that come with the Bitcoin network, but I think it's... I just don't know. My my main concern with, with all of that stuff is just like, I always go back to as like a product person, I always just go back to user experience and like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like do people even want it? Exactly. Like that, that's always a thing. Like, or do they just think they want it? Kind of right. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. and it, the idea of it's great. The idea of it's fantastic, but getting people to use web and getting people to use mobile web just to like, create a post that's decentralized and on the blockchain, not many people really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the people in the US, they they don't USD is still extremely valuable and you can still do a ton of stuff with it. Mm-hmm. Right? In other countries, crypto is much more valuable. And this is why having a global team and like platform, we have users from all over the place. It's like really interesting to see. Cool, crypto right? is way more valuable and important for people outside of the US. Mm-hmm. Because with us, we can send Venmo and do everything two seconds and it's easy and the US dollar doesn't go up and down so much. Like 8% inflation or whatever we're at right now, there, you know, obviously there's different people saying different place. things, yeah, but yeah, yeah. like literally in like Argentina, it's like 100%. Yeah, it's crazy. Like things are worth like something one day and the next week it's like double the price or mm-hmm. like certain things. So it changes so much in other countries that like crypto is really valuable for them. For us, it's not like as valuable because we already have a lot of things in place. Mm-hmm. And were you a big like Web three guy before, like Entre made this pivot or? Yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, I mean, I've been in this and following it since like 2016. I think is when I bought my first Bitcoin, mm-hmm. um, and then like I had Crypto Kitties when those came out in 2017. So I've always been like paying attention to it, yeah, but yeah. it was always one of those things where. I was like, ah, like, the, the, it doesn't make sense. Like, the, the intrinsic value of it doesn't make a ton of sense mm-hmm. outside of just people wanting to make money. Mm-hmm. Like, the majority of people that have invested in crypto or invested in NFTs have solely done it to make USD. Yeah, 100%. That's the only, like, literally. So, like, when you look at it that way, it's like, there is a small percentage, probably like 10%, of people that actually do value the NFT or really believe in the blockchain and want to support it. Mm. But yeah, for the most part, people are just trying to make USD, right? So when you look at it that way, it's like, wow, this is like 
a huge bubble that's just waiting to burst. So mm. I got out a lot in like 2019, bought back a little bit. But yeah, I mean, mm. I think it's something that for us, we want to integrate the things that people are doing that they want to do without the friction of going through onboarding, buying a token, sending money from this wall to that wall, paying gas fees and doing all that. So we're rolling out an in-app currency that you'll be able to buy and earn on mobile web everywhere. And then the points and or the coins that you earn, you can cash those out to your crypto wallet or your bank account. Okay. So just like okay. TikTok, you can buy the coins and tip people on live streams and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you cash cash them out to your bank account. Very similar concept, except you can cool. cash out to crypto wallet if you want. Okay, I do. Okay. All right, let's get back to um, the, the business model a little bit. Yeah. Um, so do you, you mind saying how much you guys have raised total or? Yeah, we've raised uh, 2 million total, okay. maybe a little bit over. Yeah. Okay. How, how many rounds did that take you guys? Or just one round? So, no. So we did uh, 2019, I raised 150 from two angel investors that we met at events and just like, you know, networking my ass off basically. Um, and then after that we raised another like two fifty, basically, Mm -hmm. um, to get us to like four. And then we just raised 1.6. So yeah, it's been, uh, and that's been all over like three years. So it's just been like one of those things where raise a little bit, build, you know, prove out the concept, validate it, raise Mm -hmm. a little bit more. And so on. So, and what are yeah. you pitching these investors? Like, obviously, everyone wants a. I mean, you want to invest in a cool thing, but also you want to return on your money. So, are you saying like we're, we're yeah. going to be like the Instagram of the you know uh, entrepreneurship social world? Like, what is the what is the pitch? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it, it's obviously changed a little bit from when I first started, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, the main thing is look, professional networking hasn't changed or evolved really ever right it's mm-hmm. been mainly only linkedin as like the professional network exactly and then you look at social networks well there was myspace facebook instagram snapchat tiktok mm-hmm. different platforms shout out vine and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know they had different demographics mm-hmm. and some skewed younger mm-hmm. right so how i compare or like a good analogy is like were the like Instagram or Snapchat to Facebook of LinkedIn, right? I it's like, like I knew you know you, what I mean? I knew where you were going. I was still excited to hear it. Probably. Yeah. That's, that's so good. That's good. That's good. it's kind of like that, right? It's like, this is meant for younger people, for people who want to be their own boss. It's like who want to work online, who mm-hmm. want to work in tech and in web three, who want to have access to software to do things that they're doing on other platforms. So with this, like you don't need Zoom, you don't need Slack. Like mm-hmm. we have the software baked into the product, mm-hmm. right? So the goal is getting this whole next generation of the workforce and all these individuals that are just starting to get into their careers or maybe make a career transition. It's like, look, set up your profiles here instead of LinkedIn. Do your meetings here instead of Zoom. Build your teams and communities out instead here instead of Slack and Discord. Mm-hmm. And for a fraction of the cost and in a place that actually cares about you and is built mm-hmm. for you rather than these massive companies that are not going to give you the time of day or help mm-hmm. you fix your problems or really care and support you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, LinkedIn's always been more for the nine to five corporate lifestyle. We're just like the anti-corporate. Dude, I will say, like, as I was thinking about the whole Slack thing, like, you guys have a gorgeous desktop platform, too. I think you were showing me it the other day. Um, So it's, like, it's not just, like, this cool app. Like, it's a very sleek desktop application, too, which is exciting. Um, So what's your business model? Is it it charging these companies for, like, this all-in-one tool, basically? Or, like, what is the – or is, like, you're going to keep growing it until it's, like, Instagram and you're selling ads? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, we've made most of our money to date through just like events, sponsorships, and doing some promotions through mm-hmm. the app or other channels. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we make a lot of money through our pro subscription, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, it's mainly B2C, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't even really opened up the B2B or enterprise mm-hmm. side oh, of our whole right, business I think you were working yet. on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the com- when we roll out communities... Um, you will be able to create like private communities and like we're going to use it for our team communication tool and we will likely have um, a whole separate like team plan and all of that. So 
Um, we will be rolling out like business profiles soon. When you create when, a when business think, profile. This one is in January. We're recording in November. So yeah, so it will likely be – so communities should be live at the beginning of the year publicly. Like we're already testing if you're watching privately. This, it might be live. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so, so um, we'll see. It, it should be live or if not, it's in like private or mm-hmm. it's in like there are already some to join, but yeah. we're kind of – we're only approving a certain number mm-hmm. um, of them first. Okay. But yeah, so right now we're more focused on – like the individuals, if you will. Mm. So users can upgrade to Pro, which gets them access to uh, all these deals and discounts with all of our software and service providers. Mm -hmm. They get access to record meetings, events, live streams, all of that. Mm -hmm. So you can do video, like full on virtual events, meetings as long as you want, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff through the platform. Pro users can record them. Pro users also get guest mode. So when you're doing a meeting, the person that you're doing a meeting with doesn't, they just put their name in, they can come right in. They don't need to like create an account or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like easy access um, for them. Uh, they get a pro badge on the app hey. as well. And then we're doing exclusive like events and stuff also for pro users Very as well. Cool. Um, they also get the monetization um, aspect of it. So they get to do paid events paid Mm. communities and all of those things so the whole thing is like we want our business model based around helping people make money and save money Mm -hmm. so like there you go yeah the more money that they make and they save the more money we make very cool and i love the i was really shocked when i went into your app the other day because i thought because you guys had like clubhouse but it was with video chat which I was like super impressed by. And then you guys have a video partner that you introduced me to, so I'm gonna be using them too. Mine won't look as advanced as yours, but it's good to know that they could possibly do that. Um, yeah. But I was impressed, man. It was literally so like a, a room It will even be chat. better when we switch to them. Oh, so, you're not even using them yet? No. Oh, that's just you guys. That's so that is built on AWS Chime, which oh, is right. okay. yeah, AWS's yeah. video conferencing gotcha. uh, backend. So it was easier because the rest of our app servers and everything's on aws and Mm. chime is actually really cheap and affordable Mm. um and you can also use your aws credits for it so it's like a good like starting point Mm -hmm. but that's mainly built for meetings Mm -hmm. like they built that so they don't have to use like microsoft teams and zoom (laughs) exactly like just internally at amazon um but it's a good easy tool I think we are the only app that uses it for like live streaming and virtual events at that scale. Nice. Um, and yeah, so it's just not, it quality's great and stuff when you're on Wi-Fi, when mm-hmm. you go to sell signal, it, it drops a little bit. But yeah, we have a lot of features baked in. Like you can do full on video screen sharing and everything like live, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's like Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse with video and screen sharing if you want it to be. Yeah, super cool, man. And how how do you guys compete? Because like, there's just um, not with like you don't really have anything necessarily competition, but like, how do you compete with like screen time? Because like 100%. there there is Instagram, there you is compete LinkedIn, with everything, with, bro. With, yeah, everything, yeah. dude. Like it's competing like, for attention. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like you know when my social app didn't do well, but like that was one of the things I was like, how am I going to get someone to post on? my we strive social page over twitter over instagram over facebook like it's just 100 like, like, how, how do you guys do that yeah i mean that that's where like the differentiators come in right so being mm. more web3 friendly helps mm. a lot because yeah. then the web3 ecosystem wants to spend more time mm. on our platform than other platforms mm. right so if other platforms are censoring stuff or other platforms they can't find crypto people easily or the mm. content is not really focused on that and they can't find communities or events around that stuff, then like we have a lot of that. So mm. people like that um, a ton. Plus people like the fact that we are kind of the anti LinkedIn. So there's mm. a lot of people actually that really hate <laughs> LinkedIn, surprisingly. Nice, nice. Um, I don't want to say they have like a vendetta out for LinkedIn, but nice. like a lot of people just don't use it. Mm. Um, so they've been looking for something new for, for a long time. Mm. Um, and it's just having like new interesting things happening. Like people love just popping into the, the rooms and stuff that are happening mm. and just meeting interesting new people that um, 
you know, they can you can kind of do a similar thing on Twitter Spaces or Clubhouse, but with video and like the other features and functionality that we have to post other types of content as well and do events both virtual and in person and then you can post jobs and stuff. So there's there's a lot going on and you know there's there's like four different types of users. So like we have the creators um, who are like the ones that are like creating content, doing live streams, events, and all that. Then you have like these learners who are the main consumers who mm-hmm. just they're there to learn, to network, to meet new people. Then you have the entrepreneurs or the people who are like there to hire people, to build their teams, to raise money from investors, all of that. And then you have the people looking for jobs. You have the mm-hmm. job seekers, gig seekers, people looking for work. Um, and those are also like a lot of people right now, especially with all the layoffs, we're getting a ton of people coming on looking oh, yeah. for new opportunities to work at tech companies and startups within our platform. That's gonna be my next question. I got, I got my little book out because I was like, I had like four questions and I was like, I'm gonna forget three. I already forgot one of them, so I'm kind of annoyed. <laughs> but what is, um, you guys also help people get jobs too on your platform, right? So yeah, how yeah. does how does that kind of like system work? Because I knew that was like one of the main things you guys built the app for. Yeah, I mean, originally it was to help founders find, co- like to post co-founder roles mm-hmm. and like developer roles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And now it's just expanded because we started doing these virtual job fairs every month mm-hmm. and they've just like blown up and we've gotten recruiters from like all the big tech companies like Amazon and Roblox and they're like on Meta and Google. Like- yeah, so like they'll come on to the virtual job fair. They'll share all the different roles. Mm, cool. We get like 400 people in the audience. Like they'll apply for roles live. So they'll cool, ask questions dude. I didn't know that. Yeah, so okay. those are some of our biggest like virtual events that we do. And we're going to start doing some exclusive stuff with like AWS and some other partners for like hiring and whatnot. But like it's just a weird time mm-hmm. for hiring right now. Yeah. Um. So we we tried actually to go pretty deep into the recruiting space because there was like definitely there was some interest there and like opportunity there, especially financially for you guys. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Um. But it just was one of those things where there was just too much friction there, and it wasn't our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And we started like getting a lot of interest from events and then communities and stuff which was coming out and then we got approached uh to help host coinbase's hackathon and then that hey when did that happen already or yeah so it's going on right now so they're doing events like okay almost we're doing all their workshops and events and stuff like virtually or what virtually yeah and then like right now right now or like not right now yeah but it's going on it started it started last week okay Um, so it's been yeah it's been going on and there's like five or six other companies that are involved also Mm -hmm. in the hackathon so they're doing all their workshops like unstoppable domains polygon and all like there's like four or five other companies um so we're gonna start partnering with all of them and there's a lot going on in the events and community stuff that's like more our wheelhouse the Mm -hmm. recruiting stuff i think is something that we can definitely continue to like have as part of our platform and Mm -hmm. that will likely be a huge money maker for us over time and as we get bigger Mm -hmm. um i mean linkedin makes a shit ton of money from (laughs) the recruiting side they make like billions of dollars every quarter from Mm -hmm. just the recruiting side um but it's something that it's just one of those things where I don't I don't want to like force something that's not there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, when we have all these other great partnerships and things going on that are mm-hmm. like right in front of us too. Yeah. And we just can't spread ourselves too thin. We have so much stuff going on. It's like hard to keep track. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Priorities is like everything. Well, dude, I feel like you're becoming like a guru of the Web three world, dude. And I want to transition that very smoothly to yeah. the fact that you are a blue check mark holder now as of this week. <laughs> Officially. <laughs> so I'll put yes. up the screenshot, but I just I DM'd Michael on uh, Sunday because he had a story pop up, and I click on it, and all of a sudden you have a blue check mark on Instagram, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I was like, when did you get a blue check mark? You're like, what the fuck? You're like, you're like I don't know, dude. Like, it, it was so funny. It, yeah. it must have happened. I don't know. Like, you were the first person that made me realize it. Like, He's the, literally like, wait, hold I had no idea. It's so, so um, Yeah, it was pretty cool uh, this weekend that happened. It's a good and, weekend. Uh, 
yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a pleasant surprise for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so cool, dude. Um, so one question I have about Clubhouse is like, what? I mean, I kind of know. I feel like I know the answer to this, but like, I'm curious to what you think. What do you think Clubhouse did wrong? And when we were, they were hitting their stride, what would you have done differently to not shit the bed essentially? Hundred percent. They have shit the bed. I don't, yeah, I mean. Uh, I agree, hundred percent. I, I mean, for anymore. for context, like I I got on Clubhouse relatively early and ended up building one of the biggest clubs on their future of work. Hey. We have like two hundred and seventy thousand people or whatever. It was like Jeez. a it's like a top twelve or it, it was probably a top ten club at one point in time. But I know all the big club owners and like I was like in it like Dude, hard. I've probably seen you on there. I wonder if I hundred percent. Like you. I got to interview like the founder of Reebok, like Steve Madden, what? like Jesse Itzler, like some Damn. crazy people I was in the room with and Dude, Yeah, you, it was if, insane. If was, you got in there early, bro, you there was like I was in rooms with people, I'm like, how am I in the room with this person? Hundred percent. You and you got in Dude, I got yeah. I can't even remember some of the people that yeah, it was insane. Um it was really, really cool and um yeah, they just didn't focus on what made the app special, which was the exclusivity. Like, mm-hmm. what made Clubhouse Clubhouse was the fact that it was exclusive and there was high-quality people on there. Mm-hmm. As soon as it opened up to the public, all the value of it went away because yeah. anyone can join. like moaning rooms and shit. Like yeah, it was just, it was just nonsense, yeah, right? And I knew this was going to happen. I was yeah. like, as soon as this gets bigger, same. it's the same reason – as you grow as a founder, you don't go to public events. It's the exact same thing, right? So what made it cool was the fact that they had the top of the top, Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. founders, all these people on there, like Mm -hmm. celebs on there early, right? If you or me made that app, the same exact app, Mm -hmm. made it invite only, no one would join. No one would have ever heard about it because it had just been – bozos from austin <laughs> talking about nonsense all day <laughs> you know what i mean exactly. and our friends yeah. but they've been like why would i do it but yeah. they they had the exclusivity thing and if they did it right and turned it into a better content platform then they could have survived like even after that they didn't cure it at all dude. It was just well the like, problem was yeah. to the the thing with clubs was to manage a community and to like operate a community Live audio is the worst way to manage a f- community. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you manage a community through live audio only? Mm-hmm. It's like almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no interaction. Well, there's no boards or anything like that. There's like, no yeah. boards. There's no chats. There's no channels. Yeah. How do people know about anything? You can't record anything. Like, there's no video, mm-hmm. screen sharing. Like, how do you facilitate a community? How do yeah. you do workshops? How do you do virtual events? Like, it just didn't yeah. make any sense, mm-hmm. right? So, and video is still king. Like, they mm-hmm. tried to make audio this thing. It's like, no. Like, people still love to consume video way more than 100%. anything else. Yeah. Look at the top platforms in the world. They're all video platforms, mm-hmm. right? So, when a creator spends three hours in a clubhouse room and they can only – and they just – did recording like relatively recently like mm-hmm. that wasn't even around for a while yeah, yeah um but if a creator spends three four hours creating content and talking and they can't even get the recording of it mm-hmm. and they can't get the video of it to repurpose that content out onto the biggest cha- channels there are yeah, exactly. then it's a waste of their time mm-hmm. Right, so and it's a waste of that social share for the platform, the clubhouse. Exactly. Like, yeah. So, like, you know, if if we were doing this and we weren't filming mm-hmm. or anything, then yeah, the, and, the value and, of and it goes down. Record. Yeah, if this didn't record, then <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, like how much value exactly. is that, right? If you don't catch it live, then mm-hmm. it's like you missed it, and mm-hmm. it sucks. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think they didn't realize that it was the best professional networking platform that was ever built, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they tried to make it a social audio app. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, dude, like just yeah. if they could have, if they had, if they had, like our, if they had Michael Mara, if they had me, <laughs> no, like if they had our, um, like thesis, and they they were trying to build the next LinkedIn, mm-hmm. they could have done it. Mm-hmm. They had everything that they needed to do mm-hmm. to completely build 
the new LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. They had the uh, great people on early. It was a very, very heavily business tech startup focused platform. I had great content when I started on there. It was insane. It was so good. I was was in rooms and I'm like, I started like writing stuff down. Like it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're in rooms with. I mean, I got talked to Jason Calcanis multiple times. Mm -hmm. Got talked to like like a ton of people from just yeah it was insane dude yeah. like all the time it's crazy but um yeah that that the value of it was that mm-hmm. and um they could have done i mean they could have kept that whole model going like i think the majority of people that were on there early would have paid at least ten dollars a month mm-hmm. if people would have been Thrilled to pay eight dollars a month, like Twitter, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. If Clubhouse started charging eight dollars per month, and the only way oh, everyone only got one invite every month, mm. I think that they still could, they could have number one made a shit ton of money, one hundred percent, yeah, and they would still be around because the network still probably wouldn't even be that big. Mm-hmm. It might be in the couple millions, mm-hmm. but you're only inviting one person each mm-hmm. month, right? And maybe not everyone's even inviting one person, exactly. but everyone's still trying to scrap over invites mm-hmm. and there's still that exclusivity factor. Um, so, yeah, I mean... At what point did tough. you piece out though? But you were like, cause you had such a big... Um, we still do Clubhouse stuff like... <laughs> Damn. Yeah, dude, because we just funnel people right in. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, so anyways, come on. Well, all we do is yeah. we pin... Uh, <laughs> so any, uh, most of the virtual events that we do... Yeah. Um, like not everything, but like a lot, especially like the bigger events that we'll put on, Mm -hmm. we'll open a clubhouse room. We'll pin the entree room link at the top. And then I'll just have the clubhouse room open on audio. And then we'll do the virtual event on video on entre. Yeah. And then I have it on. And then like every like couple, five minutes or 10 minutes, I'm just like, Hey, if you're on clubhouse, you want to watch it on video and interact (laughs) on the room chat and join in. Like, click the link. So, do you, do you get good um, pull through from, pull through from that? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get a few users like every time, cool. pretty much. It depends. Like, there's some, like, if we do, if we're trying to like really get out there, like, I'll reach out to a few of my friends. And I mean, there's still people on there. The thing is, like, the quality's not as good as it was, mm-hmm. but like, we just use it as a user acquisition channel. So mainly. smart, dude. So, it's still like, You'll still get more users from doing that than like open up a Twitter spaces and doing the same thing. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's still somewhat, there, there are still people on it, but mm-hmm. it's it's definitely dwindling fast. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's such a curious concept because they, they really had like, like imagine if you had their audience on your dude. platform. Bro. <laughs> Look, it's like, dude, it's, it's so, so big, bad, dude. bro. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I think all the time. Like, if if we, if Andreessen did what they did for Clubhouse to us, what, what did they do? Was it just like an early? I mean, it was all of them. Like, the reason that Clubhouse was Clubhouse was because Andreessen put in ten million dollars, and their whole team, meaning Mark Andreessen, Andrew Chen, they got all their friends, mm-hmm. all the other founders and investors that they know to get on it early. And then to tweet about it, be like, yo, Clubhouse was crazy tonight. And then everyone's like, what the fuck's Clubhouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone's trying to get in. That's how it all started. Well, like, I, it wasn't yeah. Paul. No one knew knew who the fuck Paul was. Mm-hmm. But he started Highlighter, and then he was an EIR at uh, Benchmark. Mm-hmm. So he was already tapped into, like, the which, Silicon which Valley Paul? network. Paul Davidson, the founder, uh, one of the founders of Clubhouse. Oh, gotcha. So he was already tapped into the Silicon Valley ecosystem, but... He didn't make it what it was. Mm-hmm. It was Andreessen giving him 10 million bucks and giving him their network. Mm-hmm. Dude, they were doing rooms on there. Imagine if like Mark Andreessen is like, hey, every personal trainer, like download. I'm <laughs> using WeStrive, like sign up and train with me. Exactly. I mean, that's basically what it was. Same yeah. thing. Like, oh, Mark Andreessen. Andrew Chen, dude, they got Mark Zuckerberg. They had Elon on there early. They had Jack Dorsey on there early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yo, we're imagine Elon comes on Entra. Like, <laughs> exactly. yeah, we're gonna blow the fuck up. Like, <laughs> exactly. obviously, like, no, that's what it was. <laughs> you like, know what I mean? Because when it first, I didn't know. So I did, I knew everything. I didn't know they had the ten million dollars. Dude, they got ten million dollars. 
uh, when they had a thousand users. That's see, I did not. That makes way more sense too. Cause it's like yeah. it was. I did, I thought it was dumb, so I didn't sign up for like until late twenty twenty. Even though it started kind of early twenty twenty. Um, but uh, yeah, all my buddies were on it, and I was just like, "What is this freaking app, dude?" But yeah, anyways, we're talking about Clubhouse way too much. We're gonna get back on yeah, Antra. <laughs> I could talk about that for days. Though, yeah, like, it how is. They, it's they um, so wait, what is it? What is a day in the life for you as a uh, founder of Antra? Um, few calls in the morning with my team. Um, a lot of uh, so we do like dev calls in the morning, then product calls in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then normally I just – it's Mondays are usually like today is like a lot of just calls with the team and mm-hmm. stuff. So there's like probably five or six calls with the team. And then the rest of the week is just mainly one call in the morning, one call in the afternoon. Um, and then between there – Just hitting the gym. A lot of hitting the gym, getting swole. Um, nah, I mean mainly just like, like – yeah, um, calls with – either investors, partners, um, just like getting stuff done on Slack, emails. Uh, Not on Slack soon though. We'll putting Mantra full-time. Yes. Well, yeah, that's the plan. Like we're moving over our team here. Um, we made one last week. We're going to, we're testing it this week. I don't think we'll be able to fully move over until like another couple weeks, but excited, we're close. Dude. Excited, dude. Yeah, we're close. Um, so yeah, I mean, every day is like a little bit different, mm-hmm. which is what I love. Same. Because yeah. if I do the same thing over and over again, I go crazy. Same. So yeah, I like to keep it up a little different. I'll get a workout in if I can't go, if I stay up too late um, working or mm-hmm. my mind just running, then um, I'll try to get, I'll get a workout in like, like lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I try to go before my calls start. Do you um do you follow like a typical like you know nine to five type of environment? Are you like sometimes I'm gonna you know sleep in till nine and then I'll work till eleven p.m. Like what is your like what is yeah? I I try to do roughly like nine to nine Mm -hmm. um, or nine to like my whole thing is like I used to work like way long not necessarily like way longer hours but I used to just work just like. To work, just to work, right? And it wasn't productive. Mm -hmm. And what I found is like, look, if I'm putting in a solid 8, 10, 12 hours, Monday through Friday, a few hours on the weekends here Mm -hmm. and there, I'm good. Like there's like, and as long as I'm productive and like I'm getting my priorities done Mm -hmm. and I know that my team is executing on the other things that are needed, then... Like, I'm good, and I don't need to, like, pressure myself into working 15 or mm-hmm. hours, waking up at 6 a.m. and, you know, trying to, like, kill myself, right? It's, like, yeah. you got to, like, I've learned to just, like, take a step back, not drive myself crazy, understand I'm doing way more than most people, mm-hmm. and that I'm, like, also creating a lifestyle that's sustainable Mm -hmm. and that i can actually be relatively happy in too without like working like crazy um so you have to balance like you -hmm. know getting shit done with like happiness and health being healthy too so because i know a ton of founders that i'm just like dude i wouldn't like you know you're you're not healthy like you look bad (laughs) you know what i mean and i've definitely been there i feel like i've definitely had like my moments where i was just working like nonstop and stuff but dude i have the exact same mindset because i used to be the same way i would when i when i was dating my ex for years like i would literally just work all day and she'd be like what are we and like i don't know like (laughs) i'm just working and then one day like i was kind of like you know what? i've been working pretty hard for a long time and like I, I still work like I was up at seven this morning and I'll probably work till like eleven tonight. But like I take I take longer breaks in the day is my thing now. Like yeah, yeah. I don't mind watching a YouTube video. I'll go to the gym. I'll go on a walk. Like and it, it feels it feels like you said it feels really healthy. Like I and I, like like you said, as long as you're getting your shit done, like just yeah, be happy with it. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, my thing is like, look, it, I I literally I make a just a list of like things I want to do that week. Mm-hmm. 
and like sometimes it's like five things that are like really important as mm -hmm. long as those are done and stuff like i'm good mm -hmm. right because yeah. and at, at the end of the day too it's like as long as you do one thing like even just one thing every day to mm -hmm. move you closer to your goal like mm -hmm. you're still progressing exactly. so it's like it's not the end of the world if like one day you're just not really feeling it mm -hmm. and you just need to like chill out for a second like mm -hmm. It's going to be all right. But having a discipline and pushing through and like just showing up every day does really, mm -hmm. does really matter. Cause that's where you get the gains. <laughs> Christ. I know you know about the gains, <laughs> but that is where you get, that is where you get ahead. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Like yeah. if you have serious competition and dude, honestly, like one thing too about the competition, it's like most startups are fucking shit shows and most people aren't actually working that hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the people that are working really hard aren't really productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, like, kind of wild. There's very, very few really hardworking and productive people and mm -hmm. disciplined people. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. like... Totally agree. Yeah. Dude, I, yeah, I've, I've lived with people that, you know, have been a part of startups, and, like, I've seen what they... I knew they, they worked less hours than me. And then also I would see how they were actively working. And I was like, mm, I feel like I would be doing both those things at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I feel like, so I, I know what you're saying. Um, but one, one, uh, one last question here that I wanted to ask is where do you see your business going in the next few months? Obviously we have some cool updates coming out and then where do you see yourself in the next couple of years going? Yeah. So next few months, like our main focus is communities and rolling that out to, basically create this alternative to slack and discord and okay. basically build what linkedin groups should be um, are there linkedin pretty, oh yeah dude linkedin groups are the biggest waste i forget so, they even exist okay yeah, yeah exactly my point <laughs> so we're building what linkedin groups should be okay um like within that. our platform nice. right um that's like been our main like focus and go to market from going to like 65,000 users we're at now to oh, over a million. Dude. Like that's like, that's like 65,000. So we're, okay. we need to like go from here to a million. Cause okay. once we hit a million users, everything changes, yeah, right? Yeah. Everything becomes like more legitimate. There's bigger problems, but it also is going to pique the interest of almost every investor. hundred yeah. percent. Right. So, um, that's like our near term focus for sure. Um, then like over time, obviously add in a lot of these other product updates, mm -hmm. like business profiles, teams, um, calendar integrations where you can have your own calendar booking. That's what we're working on too. Page. We, should, we should talk about it. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, we're doing, there's, there's definitely a lot of like overlap for what, yeah. like it's similar like mm -hmm. solutions. We're both building Very different shit. audiences. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Um, but yeah, so it's like, all right, well, we're, we've replaced Zoom, mm -hmm. right? We've replaced pretty much all things that you can do on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. We're about to replace Slack. Mm -hmm. Now, what's another thing that people use almost every day is like Calendly, mm -hmm. right? They send out their links and people book <clears throat> calls. Well, it's like, all right, there's the free Calendly, which you can do like one thing, but mm -hmm. then you have to pay like $8 a month to do like multiple events. And then if you want to charge mm -hmm. money for people to book calls with you, then you have to pay 15 bucks a month. And then it's mm -hmm. like, and you still have to pay your Zoom subscription. Mm -hmm. It's like, why are we doing this? Like, it's a very simple thing. You need to click a button, book time, and the calendar invite goes out, and mm -hmm. then do a video call. Yeah. So we already have basically 90% of it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's going to be next, um, along with business profiles and teams and all that. And then... We definitely want to get into payments more. So mm -hmm. paying either con like either just contractors and freelancers or them plus your team. Okay. So we'll s see how we want to mm -hmm. play it because um, there's definitely a lot of like payroll solutions and stuff out there that I don't know if we want to get that you, deep yeah, into it. I was like, where do you draw the line? That's like competing with QuickBooks almost. So that, well, not QuickBooks. It's not really sorry. QuickBooks. It's um, more like, uh, like, like deal. Yeah, okay. It's more like deal. Yeah. Um, but do you draw a line though? Do you go like... 100%. That, okay. That's where like we're open to integrations and stuff. And that's mm -hmm. where like, all right, we don't really want to touch like project management, like Notion. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We don't want to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like 
You know what I mean? Like we've thought about, it's like, no, like let's mm-hmm. product management can be done. Team communication, professional networking, calendars, events, communities, all of that mm. ties really closely together to each other. Yeah, yeah. Right? Payments and stuff too, banking, all that stuff. It's like, it's like it's edge a, it's case, adjacent. right? Yeah, yeah, it's adjacent, yeah, sure. but like we could easily just have partners mm-hmm, that exactly. like we either like integrate with, like add mm-hmm. our APIs together and exactly. you know, we're good to go. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll see, you know, what to come. And then obviously the other thing that we were talking about, which was the, um, the real estate stuff, like we want to open up our own like co-working oh, spaces right. eventually, yeah. like yeah. our physical. And then that's part of your pro subscription too. Bro. So like you can just pop into like whatever office. So like you have then the physical, right, that you use. And then while you're at the office, you can do all your virtual meetings and stuff through the same. Bro. So you don't have to pay for a co-working membership that's either. Right. That yeah. That does sound. You don't like, have to pay yeah. for a co-working membership. You don't have to pay for Slack. You don't have to pay for Zoom. You don't have to pay for Calendly. Mm. It's all built in. And then same thing with like hiring. Like LinkedIn. You post a job on LinkedIn, dude. You're spending a ton of money, mm-hmm. like trying to find job candidates mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Um, Indeed's free up to a certain amount, and then you're gonna pay a ton. All yeah. these job boards are ridiculously expensive. Yeah. So need to help that as well because people are just trying to find co-founders. It's like they they can't spend money on these mm-hmm. platforms to even post the job. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love it, man. I'm excited to get so, my little yeah. entree calendar if someone book it. So that's <laughs> that's going to be cool, man. Um, yeah. Well, Michael, it was awesome to have you, man. Appreciate, appreciate it, you brother. coming on. I'll see you in the For group sure. Chat. Thanks for having but, uh, me. That's why, we, yes. that's why we strive, man. There we go. Love it. I wanted to thank you for watching this entire episode of Why We Strive. Be sure you head to whywestrive.com and subscribe so every Tuesday you can see incredible interviews with some of the best tech founders, investors, and creatives in the industry. Have an amazing day and don't forget to keep striving.